Welcome to Subtitles On. This week, we're talking about registration. All things when to register, the structure, details that you need, how you hold your shares, how you split your shares, and how you actually register the company. Hi, again. Gee, hello again. It's nice to see you in person. We were chatting earlier today with our numerous calls online. (laughs) Modes of um, connectivity, whether it's Teams, whether it's... Zoom. Zoom, text, which I missed two of yours earlier. I know. I can't believe it. There's too many modes at the moment. There are. I can't keep track of how many. (laughs) Uh, Fee and I had a great call with a really exciting, I think, new client uh, this morning, but... It uh, There was two things that came out of the call. One was that we knew that we were coming in here today to record um, our podcast on incorporation and it was quite funny because basically we could have just recorded that conversation with the client because it was just like hit every point. That every we single discuss. point. It wrote this podcast this it did. Um And the other hilarious thing, which, you know, in four weeks that I've been working from home, Ziggy, this is my dog, has been fairly well behaved on calls. Um, but I mean, occasionally he'll turn up, you know, right at my face at the microphone with like something in his mouth and he's making weird noises. And I'm like, that's not me. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but today on this call with this new client, like, honestly, he could not have been more annoying and not just him, but like the rest of my family, when they realized that the dog was just going rogue and digging through, oh. I don't know, something behind me, making so much noise. Anyway, the, this client was very forgiving. So, so on that that note first question well why do you incorporate a company and when does it make sense to incorporate a company yeah and I guess those two questions come kind of come in hand in hand don't they yeah so when do you incorporate a company well look um it is that's always a tough one and I think it's actually a really exciting time when a founder gets to that point where they think actually maybe I do want to incorporate And usually it's after the um, kind of commercial points in your head are satisfied. So, okay, I've got something here that has legs. I've done my market research. I'm ready for this. From the legal perspective, um, we would say, and this answers kind of why you want to incorporate, but from a legal perspective, we would typically say the best time to incorporate is when you start having um, contracts with third parties or engaging any kind of third party. Mm. Um, So whether that's uh, you're going to, you know, rent a desk space um, or get into a lease or... Get a know, government grant. Get a government grant. You're going to start um, engaging a developer, yep. whatever the case. That's an extra third party. That's probably a good time to set up some kind of company structure. Yeah. Um, and the idea is that it really is protecting you. Yeah. You're putting something in place of yourself that's going to be contracting with that third party instead of yourself. So yeah. if anything happens, it's that company yeah. that is liable, not you. Yeah. And so what do we, because I think this is the next one, it's like structure. So, so yeah. And I think actually this was um, a big question that came up out of our call this morning because it's a really good point. Okay. So you decide you made the big call. I'm going to actually register a company. Do I need one company? Do I need two companies? Mm. Do I need a trust? How do I actually do mm. that? So, look, there are, I guess, lots of different structures that you can can have. I mean, we've had multiple startups who have come to us um, a little bit further down in the track of their 
you know, their journey and they've got quite complex structures where people have said, look, set up a a holding company which holds your shares, then set up a separate company which holds your IP, then set up another one that employs your employees and then one that holds your leasing and then one that blah, 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 right? Really, um, as a really basic structure, the most typical structure is that you have a holding company where you've got things that basically are the value. Okay. So. IP, you yep. might hold your IP up there. This is where people hold their shares. Yeah. And then you have a separate company, which is 100% owned by that holding company. Okay. And it's called a subsidiary, which then has all the risky things in it. Ah. So it employs the the employees. It enters into the contract for the leases, blah, blah, blah. So effectively, if there was any problem there, that could be cut off like a little cancerous cell. Yep. <laughs> and and the, the holding company and the IP and everything else would be protected. That's really fundamentally the idea. That's probably the most ideal structure, but there's no reason why you can't just set up a company from the start, have everything in it, and then later decide to interpose or to put in place a holding company and then move things about. Yeah. I think if you're still proving your idea and you're trying to, you know, minimise costs, look, just up one company is good. Two companies is obviously double the amount of fees, et cetera. So, but having said that, look, the most common structure is the holding company with a subsidiary. Yep. Um, Okay. So what details do I need to actually incorporate the company? So first of all, you need a name. Yep. And it's good to have just a quick check online on ASIC. And we will put some details in terms of where that link is and where you can go and check these things, but just to check that that name's available. So then basically it's just your details of your directors, your shareholders, um, addresses, date of birth for directors, blah, blah, blah. Again, all this information, we've popped it in a blog post, really simple, but just have a look at that. One thing is that you only need one director and they don't necessarily have to be a company secretary. However. The best suggestion I have is to appoint that person as sole director, sole company secretary, and the reason being that there's just a statutory presumption that those people can sign certain documents and it's just better to do it that way. That's as far as I'll go with that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so I guess this is, I would say, one of our biggest questions. How do I hold my shares? I've decided, all right, I am... um, going to be a shareholder, sole shareholder, how do I actually hold my shares? Do I just, like in my name personally, do I have to set up a trust? I hear everyone sets up trusts. That's totally. the right idea, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, okay, so big red flag at the beginning or big asterisk is that you should obviously get tax advice. We're not tax advisors, so can't give you personal advice about that. Um, however, look, there's a number of ways that you can obviously hold your shares And what Fee was talking about, yes, is what's known as a discretionary family trust. There's also other trusts that you could, or structures that you could hold it through, but the most common is like a discretionary family trust. The benefit of um, that is that essentially it allows, it's twofold benefit. One is asset protection and the other is that it it allows kind of tax planning and, and tax and income streaming if there's any income coming through. So now... Um, again, it's just another thing, another cost that potentially needs to be um, absorbed when you're incorporating and it just might be something that you don't have the money to to do. A trust probably costs around 200 a little bit more to do. You can get them online as well. 
You may elect to incorporate another company to be essentially the corporate trustee of that trust. But again, that's another $500 of asset. So the thing you nearly, you really need to weigh up is if it makes sense then, or yeah. if that's something that you might decide to do later down the track. Now, of course, what you're then weighing up is, well, what happens? There will be tax consequences if you try and transfer shares later down the track from your own name to the trust entity. Um, but that's only if once there's value in that company. So that might not happen straight away and there might be a period of time there which allows you to move things around. So then fee. So you've worked out how, like the entity that you're going to hold your shares in. Yeah. So what's your advice in terms of, you know, you're incorporating the company, you haven't yet worked out, you've got your friend, Bobby, who's, you know, he said that he wants to also take some shares in the company but you haven't yet worked out your split yeah again probably one of the biggest questions that we get when you're trying to work out how to register a company and who's going to be a part of it if we assume um you are going to do it all on your own your own and you're trying to work out how many shares do you issue my suggestion is always issue on the higher side go 100 shares go a thousand shares um and that is really just to work out your numbers on your cap table later down the road if you want to issue more shares to somebody it makes it really hard to do it with one share and working out percentages because yeah. you probably have to issue more anyways later down that track than it yeah. does 100. Yeah. The other side of it is, and it does get more complicated when you've got other players, um, when you're trying to work out, okay, I've put in an idea, but Bobby's put in a lot of the work. Mm. Um, and Joe down the road has put in the development. Yeah. How much does everybody get? Oh, and by the way, someone else is putting cold, hard cash. Mm. How do you know what to give everyone? Mm. There is no right answer. There's some really cool metrics online. Mm. Um, One that gets a term that gets dropped around a lot in our world is slicing pie. Mm. Um, And it's really just this um, kind of online calculator that's set up like a cool pie chart where you input everybody's um, contribution you know, the problem is it isn't a perfect science and it also doesn't kind of recognize the fact that, hey, actually, let's just sit around and talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my advice. Sit around and talk about it. Yeah. One of the things to flag, though, I guess, is that it is um, quite difficult, particularly in Australia, with, as Giselle's already flagged, kind of tax consequences of shifting shares around later down the road when there is value in the company. Yeah. Is that if you issue your shares to your founders up front in certain proportions, um, you know, 10% here, 10% there, 20% there. It makes it a little bit more difficult to switch up those proportions as you go along. Yeah. Um, so it probably ties in a little bit again as to when you incorporate, you kind of want to get to a point where you've got um, some kind of certainty as to yeah. how you want to split your shares. Yeah. But I think it's a, it's a conversation. Yeah. And one of the biggest things, again, that you want to stream through this is keep it simple. What about then t- types of shares? It's so funny how creative people can be, which is cool. I love it. But um, like we've heard of flowering shares before. We've heard of golden star shares. You can call your shares whatever you want to call them. The idea of having different classes is meant to attach different rights to those shares. So really all you're saying is um, one person gets these shares and they can vote and they get dividends, whereas this person can vote, but they don't get dividends. At the beginning, 
keep it very simple and just issue ordinary shares unless yep. there is a um, real intention to distinguish between um, people at the beginning, which usually there isn't. Yeah. So you'll find when you start getting into capital raising and you get investors coming in, they might ask for preferential treatment. Yeah. Um, and they'll want to start issuing different classes of shares. Let them do. Let them kind of pitch that when they come in rather than you having a whole messy bunch of shares um, to start with. Because it it actually can turn investors off if you see a cap table with three people on it, three separate shares, and it's confusing. Yeah. I mean, mean, that's the thing, right? Remember that whatever you set up, if in a future, is it a raise, sale, um, exit, whatever, you have to be able to explain that. All right. I think um, those are kind of like the main details of what you actually need to go through the process of incorporating. But one of the biggest ones is, okay, how do you actually do it? Do you have to get a lawyer to do it? Do you have to get an accountant to do it for you? How do I physically incorporate? How long does it take and how much am I going to have to pay for it? Okay. So ASIC has recently changed it all up and made it really simple. And they now have basically one place where you can go you pop in all those details and within half an hour, probably less, 10 minutes, you get emailed a certificate of incorporation as long as you've filled it out all correctly. The downside of doing it that way is that there's it doesn't create all the other, I guess, kind of documents that you need as part of starting a company, which is your members register, your directors register, your constitution, et cetera, yeah. various minutes, blah, blah, blah. There are, however, a number of online providers who do that exact same service, but they pull together all those ancillary documents. And so I think the difference between the two, it's not much, but either way you can kind of do it yourself online. I would suggest that it's probably not necessary to use your accountant or your lawyer to do it unless there's something really unusual about maybe your company or your what you're proposing in terms of your structure, sure, maybe then get some advice. And at the end of the day, it is just, it is filling out a form. Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of relax and enjoy that process because it is an exciting time. So we will um, share with you, um, and it's it's on our website now, but um, just a, a blog post with, you know, some tips on each of those various high-level points that we've hit. Um, and just some other things to think about. But we'd encourage you, if you've got any further questions, um, you can either contact us on our email, which is on our website, um, or also in our information form or via Instagram, and we'd be happy to um, field those questions. Cool. That's it for us. Signing off. Cool.